0: Hello, I am Joel McLeod.
1: And I'm Roland Tanner.
0: And welcome to the 905 The housing crisis continues. The province needs to build 1.5 million new homes to address the shortage. In order to balance the workload, the province has asked each municipality to pledge to build a specific number. Every municipality in Ontario has committed to the pledge, save for one. Newmarket Ontario has refused to sign the pledge of building 12,000 new homes, instead only agreeing to build 6,000. At first glance, this, of course, appears to be a case of gatekeepers gone wild, a prime example of nimbyism run amuck. It's even allowed Premier Doug Ford to claim that Newmarket Mayor John Taylor is not on, quote, Team Ontario, and will call him out on every chance he gets. Clearly, this is a straightforward case, right? Well, not exactly. According to Newmarket, they are not willing to agree to the housing targets for a very simple reason. They don't know where to put everyone's waste. The basic issue of wastewater disposal is holding up development. According to Newmarket and York Region, should 12,000 brand new households be built and plugged into existing sewage infrastructure, the system wouldn't be able to handle it. A new, multi billion dollar facility is required to ensure that Newmarket's wastewater is properly treated and disposed of safely. Newmarket nor the region have the necessary funds to build this needed facility, and there is no plan from the provincial government to address the infrastructure shortage. So, where does that leave development in York? We invited onto the podcast for the second time, mayor of Newmarket, John Taylor, to discuss the problems of putting the housing crisis squarely on the shoulders of municipalities, yet not giving them the needed resources and tools to adequately address the problem. Thank you very much uh, for mayor John Taylor of uh, the wonderful town of Newmarket to come on to the 905 for his second guest appearance, (laughs) so to speak, uh, to talk about uh, what? Because an interesting fact uh, about the the housing crisis crisis that we're in is that Newmarket decided not to sign on to the province's housing target numbers, and we wanted to ask you, invite you on, just to kind of explain your your rationale, your thought process on on that. Uh, Mayor Taylor.
2: Yeah, no, happy to. Um, yeah, certainly when that first announcement was made, uh, I think it was the first twenty-eight or twenty-nine municipalities that were provided housing targets. Uh, and Newmarket New was amongst those, um, I was already well aware of the challenges we had here in this area in Newmarket, also Aurora and East Gulenbury, um, with sewage allocation. So just for you know, people listening in, uh, not that you should, but you can in theory build housing uh, without the, the necessary infrastructure in any category, i.e. transit, road network, um, without having that built in advance. The exception and the only exception is sewage capacity. You cannot move forward with that sewage capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I knew instantly when I saw the number of 12,000 units that that was not even remotely possible. Um, and I had a number of people say, oh, you know, frankly, people within the province even and uh, provincial members and other mayors, oh, it's just a target, you know, John, why are you being difficult? And I, well, I, I said, well, first of all, Uh, It's also sending a signal to the community or communities that we're going to do something or achieve something that's unachievable, uh, and and in a very public form. But also, uh, as we all know now, the provincial government has directly tied funding to these targets, um, as they said they would at the start. Uh, And so, uh, there's also that issue of you know, are you signing up for the impossible? And in our case, it is. And uh, if you want, I can explain quickly the math on or and the science on that impossibility.
0: Well, I I mean, I, I. That's coming out of an article that uh, we read in the Toronto Star where you were uh, uh, featured in, and I thought just that the fact of we're t- the conversation nationally is all, but we need to build housing. We need to build housing, and and nobody disputes that. But I thought your your rationale for not signing on it was a very logical one, in that, and, it, and it's kind of like the the if you will the unsexy part of housing development is like well where, where when you flush the toilet where does it go, and That you're you're taking this into account is that you you know that's part of the the purpose of a municipality is to make sure that you know the pipes flow where they're supposed to flow, right? And so, can you just give us a bit of insight into this problem that you've seen coming for a a long time, and you're trying to do the responsible thing of making sure that that's taken care of, and just kind of the the roadblocks and the the barriers that you're now facing in taking care of this? Essentially, what I would argue is the the purpose of a municipality. In Ontario,
2: yeah. I, so I, I would start by saying quickly that I, you know, I also see the need for more housing and support it. And I've been moving in that direction for some time. I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm on the Housing Affordability Task Force in New York Region. I'm on the Housing and Homelessness Task Force for the Association of Municipalities of Ontario. I'm the chair of Housing York, our subsidized housing provider, uh, and Newmarket. And here's a little interesting note for people: if people think we're being a laggard or not point or weight, Newmarket's the fourth most densely populated municipality in Ontario. Toronto, Mississauga, Brampton, Newmarket. Uh, we have many cranes in the air right now, uh, and I am happy to embrace uh, housing, especially more affordable types of housing, uh, et cetera, and and rental housing in particular. And I started a campaign called Make Rental Happen some time ago that saw uh, the first 15-story rental tower in York Region built in 30 years. So that's just my caveat that this is not, you know, everybody likes to paint us as NIMBYs. Oh, you're not signing on because you're you're afraid of NIMBYs or you don't want to build housing it couldn't be more untrue. So in our case what we've been dealing with and this is the great irony which i told directly to the premier is that uh and the minister is that you know the reason we can't sign the pledge is because in 2014 we submitted an ea an environmental assessment that's that's the full proper way of of, of processing it took us 2 years to do the ea 20 million dollars we purchased the land to build the sewage treatment plant and two governments and seven ministers did not sign the bottom of the page saying you can now proceed with the project. So when you talk about removing red tape at the municipal level to build more housing, how about a signature that could have had by now a plant built that would have brought online something like 70,000 new homes over 20, 25 years? That was never signed. It still isn't signed. We've been then we're told just recently, you're to go south now, hook into the Southeast Collector or down to Duffin Creek on Lake Ontario and not go north and build your own plant. So now we're back to the drawing board. Well, the whole time this is occurring, the clock is ticking and we're running out of sewage capacity. We're now down to, and by any standard in the GTA or anywhere, this is close to zero. We now have 2,600 units worth of capacity left. Uh, the province's target uh, for us uh, is, um, and I'll find the number, but the province's target for new market is uh, roughly 1,500 units a year. So if we were to achieve their target, we'd be out of allocation in the first two years of an eight-year target. Uh, so the, the the number they want us to build, the 12,000, we have 2,600 units, uh, and then the pipes are full, and we cannot move forward. And And it's not a question of, oh, maybe you could go, it's, it's you just can't do it. <laughs> it's science and it's math.
1: So, I mean... If if uh, the premier waved his magic wand and and tomorrow you had a new sewage plant, would that be? Then you would sign up. You would say, "Yep, now we can move forward." Is it that single thing that's really the 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 barrier here?
2: Yeah. Let's keep. Let's. Well, you know, the answer to that is yes and no. So the first part of it is, and I know you know this, but nobody can wave a magic wand to build, uh, you know, a (laughs) a, a billion. And it's a it's over a billion dollar a billion dollar piece of infrastructure, right? Or at Mm -hmm. least the first phase is five hundred and fifty million. So we know that, but if we could, let's let's take that. Uh, let's take those because it's a great question. Um, what I would do, you know, would I sign on now? Probably um, at least to the sixty-four hundred we've proposed as a compromise, which, by the way, is still an, an immense stretch goal for a community whose ten-year historic average is three hundred fifty units a year. But the market has turned down, interest rates are up, uh, no one's building, and frankly, even by the province's own uh, you know, online spreadsheet, there's only. Less than twenty five percent of communities that are even tracking on to meet their targets. So you've got that barrier number one, which is the marketplace. Um, so I, but the but the bigger question here is is infrastructure beyond water wastewater. Water wastewater is the one you can't do, but it doesn't mean you should build uh, unbridled uh, and endlessly without all the other forms of infrastructure. And so when you've got a Provincial government, and frankly, let's take the federal government. Federal government is saying 500,000 new Canadians a year. Provincial government is saying 1.5 million houses. Both I agree to in principle. But where is the bold, ambitious, hard infrastructure and soft infrastructure plan fully funded to support that that multi-generational stretch goal? It doesn't exist. And so what I would say is, and I'll stop here so you can can jump in, but is what I would say is I would really think that from minute one – uh, with Bill 23 uh, reducing our, our revenue dramatically, the mayors probably we should have all collectively said, we're prepared to sign on when you show us the funding plan to build the infrastructure, to build the transit, the water, wastewater, et cetera.
1: Uh, that's the kind of, quite literally, maybe the million dollar or the billion dollar question, isn't it? The the traditional relationship uh, between the uh, province and the municipalities, I feel it's always been kind of a divide and rule situation that the 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 mayors, it's no fault of their own, this isn't a criticism, this is just the way things work, tend to negotiate separately with the province and say, you know, we want this and we, you know, uh, I mean, to, to an extent the whole MZO situation is, is a kind of... Uh, you know uh, that that in miniature, that the city goes along and says, "We don't want this MZO," and and the province either gives it or doesn't. Where what's really needed is that kind of collective bargaining, almost between the municipalities and the province, that, that doesn't exist. And and this is a classic case of that because, you know, yeah, I mean the the thing that really that I'd really to sort of put a question into that very long point. <laughs> The point I always come back to is that municipalities can't don't build. They're they're not municipalities are not the people that build. To give a municipality a target to build something when the people that build are developers is crazy, because there are so many steps between the, um, you know, saying we'd well, like to have houses and houses actually arriving. Um, it, is that not, you know, beyond the infrastructure bit and the funding gap and all those things, which are all very important points, isn't that at the root of it all the kind of craziness of the situation that it's basically saying you cities need to go and build stuff that you have no power to to actually build?
2: Yeah, there's a few points there. And first of all, that's a key one. And, and the, the, there's a, a new big city mayors, the big city mayors caucus. Uh, the smaller urban mayors uh, uh, caucus that I said have all started calling it for now and saying, "Look, you can't tie our funding to pulling building permits because we don't pull them. We we can issue them, and when, if you're asked for a building permit, you get one. Um, but what we control are planning approvals. And if you if you really need to tie us to some metric, tie it to one we control uh, or have some control over. I and mean, we don't even have control, total control over building or, or planning approvals because if you don't apply to, to for a planning approval, we don't." But but that's, that's in general, yes. But to go back to where you started, mayors are being put in an untenable position. And that untenable position is this. That is that, you know, either sign on or sign up for things that you don't believe are realistic or you don't believe are properly funded or that you believe your municipality's long-term funding sustainability is being jeopardized over and over. Stand up and speak out to that and challenge that 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 issue that we have, which frankly is the biggest issue that's not being talked about, is the long-term financial sustainability of municipalities and their ability to deliver critical infrastructure to support housing growth. If you, but but the problem is, what many are thinking, and I'm speaking maybe for some that don't want me speaking for them, but what many are thinking, oh, but if or do you do that, or do you just just you know, behave the best you can and hope to get five or ten million bucks, and five or ten million bucks over the next ten years. Delivering critical infrastructure is nothing. And so uh, I believe that we have to speak to the, the critical financial picture we're facing here with Bill 23 and other things. And mm-hmm. look, the province will do things and say, but no, we're helping. Look what we're doing. We just announced $200 million for water wastewater. That's $200 million across Ontario. Newmarket East Gwillimbury, and, and, and Aurora's project through the region is $1.4 billion. Like, that, that that wouldn't even be enough funding to move our project forward. And that's for the whole province. So there needs to be some, everybody needs to sit down together. I want to work, genuinely want to work with the province. We need to sit down together, go over the numbers and understand what it's going to really truly cost to put the infrastructure in place to support 1.5 million new homes over eight years.
0: Um, the, on that note, you know, the last time we had you on was to talk about Bill 23 and, and how you thought, uh, you the concerns you had at that time um, concerning your relationship between New Market and the province and it kind of seems that you're a bit prof- prophetic on, on that and the, the difficulties that have come come forward as a as some as a mayor who wants to get housing done but is also looking to be responsible to your constituents and and the community of New Market do you think that the that the, there is a housing plan that there there is a plan that we're all moving forward on in this province to hit the targets that we need to hit for uh for 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 the housing to come.
2: Um no, not really, and there certainly is not a plan. I mean, there's a, we know the the well, it's not a plan, it's a target of of 1.5 million homes and then the targets by each municipality. Uh and, and everybody knows. Everybody knows. Every developer knows. It's not we're not going to get close to that. And then one of the problems is we're having conversations at the region about the, the infrastructure we need to put in place to build 1.5 million homes or our share of that. And if we put in the infrastructure and the, the housing doesn't come and the DCs don't come, our debt levels just grow and grow and grow. And so you do want to have infrastructure in advance of growth, but not dramatically in advance or more than you need. Uh, so it, it's it's a very fine line. And I would argue that there is not a plan um, to, to put in the critical infrastructure, or even a plan on how to incentivize that growth. And, and, and I've got to finish with this point because it's the, the one I'm most passionate about, which is yeah. that everybody is talking about supply. Everybody who understands this issue. And I recently heard a, a housing professor speak to this uh, at, at a conference. And uh, um, it was um, he, he simply said, look, there's a housing supply and a housing affordability challenge or issue in our province, but the response is not the same. It requires two different responses for housing supply and housing affordability. And right now we're all going down one path of supply and we're going to end up with a bunch of million dollar condos and houses and townhomes or $2 million and housing affordability and certainly deep affordability will have not been addressed at all.
1: That's certainly something that, that's a theme that we've come back to again and again and again on this podcast over the last three years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that the, developers want to build one type of housing uh, it's not necessarily the housing that we actually need um, but you know why would you build I mean I know there's been recent changes in the law federally uh, with, with um, uh, the tax being removed from from uh, 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 rental accommodation bills but uh, but <laughs> but yeah I mean you know really there's been no affordable housing built in this province in terms of like rental accommodation for 30 years why is the question that everybody should be asking first rather rather than going continuing to go down the road that we've been going down. Um, tied to the, the, um, the, your turning down of, of sort of signing up to that target. There's also the strong mayor powers, um, issue, which is a big deal. And the, the vast majority of municipalities have signed up basically because there's, here's a check. Here's also strong mayor powers, um, you know, the temptation must have been very strong because not only have you, in a way, you've made your own situation worse because not only did you uh, you turn down new powers that made might have made your job considerably easier as mayor, um, but you've, you also d- turned down money that you undoubtedly yeah. need. Um, would... <sighs> How big of a deal is that? I mean, would you would you have wanted those strong mayor powers if if you'd been able to get them without signing on the dotted line?
2: Yeah, I think you might be surprised by my answer. Uh, um, absolutely not. Don't think I, I do not think they would make my job easier. I actually think strong mayor powers will make your job more difficult. It might not make it might make it easier at one moment, but I I truly believe that strong mayor powers. Um, and I'm, I'm using a provocative phrase, and maybe unwisely, but is, is, a, is in my opinion, a virus being injected into democracy. Uh, and I think uh, we're going to look back on this uh, five years from now and realize that it's really uh, broken uh, down the democratic um, process that exists between mayors, councils, and the community. And when communities see decisions being made that do not represent a majority of the people they elected, and when councils see mayors not r- r- respecting their voice, uh, it's going to create um, it's going to create a lot of disharmony, and it's going to make the job harder and harder and harder. Uh, so I, I I fundamentally reject strong mayor powers uh, conceptually and in reality. And I think many people, uh, and 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 to be fair, many of my colleagues, if you watch, are uh, are talking about it very cautiously because they I think they see. The potential pitfalls and dangers of, of strong mayor powers. Um, some are embracing it, but many that embrace it are are in they're in difficult. Um, they have a dif- they're, they're, they're difficulty within the, the council uh, working relationship. Uh, but, it's, you know, so it's th- I think it's, I, I, it's something that is just is just I should should be in my opinion rejected outright.
1: I kind of have felt for a while that there was an argument for strong council powers, uh, and by by that I mean that uh there's been a traditional complaint um usually by by the by elected members by elected councillors and mayors that the staff had too much power to control the agenda and that that the weakness of mayors and councils meant that you, know, you get elected with a platform um which is really a a we should you know I ran for council and the part of me is like, well, I, I can't make any promises here. I can't promise a thing. I have no power to, 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 um, to deliver anything other than by hopefully cooperating with, with staff. So th- I felt there was an argument for that, that, you know, you're the guys who get elected, you have the mandate, you should be able to set an agenda, but that the strong mayor powers are a, even weaker council powers, if you like, um, uh, uh I just wondered if you just sort of want to comment on that. I mean, do you think there should be stronger powers for, coming from the kind of elected side of of the equation in municipalities?
2: Uh, in general, no. And I'll I'll, I'll, I'll pro- provide one caveat at the end, and it's probably very applicable to what your area of concern is, is my guess. But generally speaking, no. I again, I think that you know, I, I jokingly once said, but I mean it. I, I didn't want I, I didn't want or need strong mayor powers because I think a strong mayor is a, a mayor who can work with their council reach consensus and move together on a decision. I don't see it dissimilarly with staff. In fact, I think the council uh, and the mayor have the power. Uh, they have to understand how to apply that power and apply it respectfully uh, as well. But in in, 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 per, in a perfect world, you, you build a relationship with your staff where they are working with you, where you listen to them and hear their concerns and they hear yours, and then you move forward together. And I think that's very achievable. I think sometimes you've got councils or mayors um, who are new to a, a corporate setting and, and don't understand perhaps, or, or I don't wanna be demeaning, but to, to navigate that space of, of consensus building like people do in their workplaces all the time um, and, and bring it forward. So the one caveat I would say to that is that, that we have a bit of a problem where it, it involves the OLT, formerly OMB, which is that when it comes to planning, planning staff, have an obligation to provide their professional opinion, but by by the de facto, by the role of the OLT, really are holding the ultimate decision-making power in planning over council often, because once they issue the decision, anybody in the development industry knows enough to know if they've got a professional staff opinion that says they can do what they wanna do and they take it to the OLT, they will be victorious. So when council says, hang on, no, that's not right for a community, we think we should do this instead, um, that, that, so that that balance, you know, I'm not positive what the fix is. I, I have some ideas, but that part, perhaps, and I don't think it's the intention of staff to have the power over council all the time, um, but it, it's a de facto power because of the, the presence of the OT, OLT and and the weight of, of a staff opinion at the OLT.
0: Um, I, we're coming up on our on our time, and I, I do want to get your your response to uh, to something that I read in that in that Toronto Star article, and that was. The fact that Mayor uh, Doug, or sorry, Premier uh, Doug Ford um, was quoted as saying, in regards to your your refusal to sign on to the pledge, that he was going to quote, "I'm going to call him out." Uh, the mayor of Newmarket, Mayor Taylor, it's called Team Ontario, Team effort. We need to build homes. We need to build them quick. And I want to get your response to the to the idea that you're not on Team Ontario and that you're not uh, you're, you're you're not on board with. Uh, with uh, with their their agenda.
2: Well, I would argue that with um, the premier or the minister of municipal affairs and housing, uh, the current government would be have a hard time finding an example of a, a municipality that is more on board. Um, we are we are aggressively moving forward with every type of housing option there is. Uh, I can point to many municipalities around the GTA, which I won't, that have less tolerance for height and density than we do. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we pre zone lands in our urban centers around major transit station areas that accommodate 16,000 units pre zoned. Just way you go. We 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 had as a right basement apartments 30 years ago. Uh, we, you know, uh, so I, I can't imagine being more on board for this mission than than we are of building more houses and building more affordable houses and more types of housing. Uh, and what I would say to the premier is I, I don't, I, I, and this is, I'll, I want to end maybe where I started in other articles, which is, this is not political and I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm trying to be logical, principled and work towards effective policy to solve the problem we're all trying to solve. And I will work with anybody, any government and the premier and the new municipal uh, uh, the affairs and housing um, minister. Um, and I've sat down with them both one-on-one more than once. And I provide my input. and And I think it sometimes makes a little difference, but certainly there's there's room for us to work together as a Team Ontario, but Team Ontario will function best as a group of municipalities that aren't just buying into a program, but are being heard, and that program reflects their input.
0: Do you think, well, we've heard this from other other experts on the podcast that have come on, and um, as the person kind of on the ground, to, you know, trying to get shovels in the ground, do you think what's needed is just kind of like a national strategy get together mayor other mayors not just in Ontario but across the country uh, getting together with provincial counterparts and the federal government and get an actual plan together so that all three levels of government in this country are on the same page you know exactly what your targets are going to be you know how to access the funds and the 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 means to do it you can know where the barriers are that you can take your powers to do and you know that you'll have the support of the province and the federal government uh, to do what you need to get done because do you think uh, that that do, do we just need uh, to get that done
2: yeah I never have a short answer and I apologize for that but I, I would say first of all I'd say I think that the landscape's a little bit too different from region province to province so I think the idea of having all three at the table but I don't think it could be a national conversation. Uh, and I think, as you know, it's hardly enough to get consensus in Ontario. I don't want to, tr- but, but the principle of having what we don't need. So uh, in some ways, the opposite of what you're saying, the province is now weighing in and saying, if you do this, this, and this, we'll give you some funding. Otherwise you get none. Frankly, now the federal government's playing this with the housing accelerator fund. If you do this, this, and this, you may get some housing accelerator money. And it doesn't even have to go to housing, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and what is, what's the federal government doing and, and the provincial government doing in micromanaging cities and municipalities? We know what we're doing. What we need to do is sit down and agree together on, on a responsible and sustainable funding formula to dramatically accelerate infrastructure and then agree to some general targets that we agree to that we are going to aspire to for housing in different areas based upon different realities like your infrastructure or the fact that you just got a subway or whatever. And then give us the funny and get out of our way and let us do it. We're you know, contrary to this sort of growing narrative that cities are in the way of growth and towns are in the way of growth and it's full of NIMBY responsive of, uh, elected officials. I'm sorry, I reject that. Is it true in some case? Yeah. Is there some of that that goes on? Yes. Is that is that the problem with housing supply and affordability in the province of Ontario across country? No. The problem is that we need to significantly inject funding into a structured infrastructure plan related particularly to tr- water, wastewater and transit Uh, And then after that, frankly, green space, recreation, et cetera, to support these kinds of numbers of people in housing. And then let's get going with it. But we can, uh, we know how to do it. We can approve everything. We'll continue to approve everything. We meet with developers constantly, sit down and say, are you ready to redevelop your site? What, What is your timeline? What can we do to be of assistance? We're not doing the opposite. We're not trying to stop things from happening. But this micromanaging by the province and the federal governments about how you should do it, that's slowing us down.
1: I mean, I mean, ultimately, cities cannot. Developers have the right to develop as of right on the land that is zoned. Uh, if a developer comes to you and wants to build, a building will happen. Uh, no municipality can stop that. That this whole argument is upside down. Like you say, it's disappointing. My feeling was exactly the same. It's disappointing to see the federal government kind of buying into this argument that if we hold out a big enough carrot. Or you know, the alternative is seems to be coming from the opposition federally that if we hit the municipalities with a big enough stick, the building will happen. It's like these aren't the guys who have the power to actually build. It all comes back to the developers, and and the you know you you mentioned the NIMBYs, and certainly that there is often opposition to particular buildings, particular developments. But I have yet to, and I have asked multiple times in this podcast for someone to give me the example of where NIMBYs have stopped a development happening. They may have delayed it a little bit, but, but generally that delay will have been nothing compared with the delay that will happen if it's appealed to LPAT, uh, to um yeah. whatever the LPAT's called again, which I still can't remember yeah. after two years. Um, it, it It's so wrong, and it's such a destructive view of municipalities and the role that they should be playing. And the idea of local democracy, which is you know, actually, decisions are made best closest to the people, uh, closest to where we live, when possible. You know, some decisions have to be made at federally, some have to be provincial, but if you can make them locally, make them locally because that's when you'll make the best decision. Uh, it's so frustrating and uh, and so obsessing. That was just <laughs> my my little rant there. <laughs> yeah, and,
2: and and quickly add one sentence on that, which is uh, I can't. Tr- it's hard for me to explain the level of distraction. Provincially and now somewhat federally, through all of these uh, interventions and requirements and hurdles, and uh, prove you're doing this and prove you're doing that, and you make it funny. Now you're being audited. We need this. And that. It, it is taking my focus away from trying to advance housing. It is not supporting my focus.
0: Do you see a path forward to get housing built uh, in Newmarket uh, in the current landscape?
2: Yeah, I I do actually. I think um you 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 know, we've got to be uh the one area you know, so we we've, we've got to pay attention to the market, right? Uh, I make a point of uh speaking with developers all the time. Uh, you know, some people see them as enemy, I see them as as a key uh player in the in the, in the production of housing. Uh, and you know, for sure right now rental is is more likely to advance than condo for a chain at least outside of downtown Toronto where we are and so there's some opportunities there and and when people are coming i've had two developers come and say you know i'm thinking about changing over to rental you know i'm like bring it on let's go come come sit down let's talk what else can we do uh, and and i think the other part is is there are some uh new incentives around uh through bill 23 around um and, and that we had already ourselves around uh subsidized or, or not-for-profit housing rental housing uh, and then really unique infill projects, um, you know, w- ones where you can do, uh, uh, you know, transit-oriented development more, which reduces the cost um, somewhat, you know, around parking, et cetera. So I do think you've just got to you've got to pivot and focus on where the opportunity is. But I, I'm convinced we'll we'll continue to um, see. Th- there's going to be a dip. There's you know at least for the a year to two years, there's going to be a bit of a dip because of you know interest rates, construction costs, et cetera. And some will sit on the sideline and see, and, and if they come to the realization this is new normal, they'll go back to building again. Um, so a bit of a dip, but overall, no, I, I don't. I'm not terribly concerned. Of course, we're not going to hit the numbers anywhere near those. In, in, in neither will uh, the surrounding area that are the targets are. But I think we can keep building housing. I think the real challenge is to get creative about how to build and have the proper funding partnership at the other two levels to build, uh, you know, um, for the full spectrum of need. So you know, missing middle, rental, affordable rental, supportive, uh, subsidized housing, et etc., co-op housing, all of it. We need to that that part's a bit trickier, and that's where some more innovation is required.
0: Well, I see we're coming up on uh, on our times, and I don't want to keep you any uh, any further away from your your busy day. So thank you very much, uh, Mayor John Taylor of Newmarket for coming on to to talk about this and giving us the perspective uh, from on the ground uh, in the housing crisis. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns or ideas for future episodes to our email info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal visit us at 905 and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for The underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time.